When you look at the kind of transfers that Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program are targeting, this transfer portal cycle has a chance to pay big dividends for the Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available, as always, both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. We are a few days into the undergraduate transfer portal window here for college football and that means that Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program, they've had a pretty long opportunity now to send out a decent amount of offers to plenty of guys who plan on moving to a new school this offseason. And when looking at the different kind of players that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks have offered to this point, uh, so far, they're not leaving any stones unturned. And that could lead to a plethora of hits, and diamonds in the rough, so to speak, for this transfer portal cycle. When you take a look at the 18 different players that have public offers from Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks, these are guys that have either dominated at lower levels of football or guys that even in very small stretches have proven that they can be productive at the Power 4 level. When you look at the guys from the lower level, Harvard tight end Tyler Neville, he's actually a guy that reportedly is going to be on campus here this weekend, officially visiting the Gamecocks football program. He was a first-team All-Ivy League selection for both the 2022 and 2023 seasons. He's played quite well in that league, and that's why he is getting some big-time Power 4 offers, including from South Carolina. You look at a guy like uh, Cyrus Allen from Louisiana Tech, a wide receiver that we talked about earlier this week. He was a first-team All-Conference USA preseason selection heading into the 2023 season. And also, he was a guy that was second in the country in 2022 when it came to yards per catch, averaging 22.7 yards per reception. And then, you look at an offer from last night in Ball State tight end Brady Hunt. This guy was a freshman All-American in the 2022 season, at the same time was a first-team All-Max selection. But he missed all of 2023 because of a foot injury. And that latter portion of Brady Hunt's college journey, that kind of carries over to some of the guys that South Carolina is looking at at the Power 4 level. For example, Indiana wide receiver Donovan McCulley. McCauley was originally a quarterback when he joined the Hoosiers football program, but he transitioned over to wide receiver. And after only racking up 169 receiving yards in his first two seasons with Indiana, he wound up compiling 644 receiving yards and six touchdowns in 2023, what was a breakout season for, at the time, the third-year receiver. You look at Purdue outside linebacker Corday Sidnor. I'm pretty sure we've talked about him on the show as well. This guy was a honorable mention All-American in 2022. He had six and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks in the Big Ten. But 
In comes, I believe, Ryan Walters, who was the defensive coordinator at the time for Illinois, and then became the head coach for the Boilermakers this past fall. And they changed up the scheme on defense, and then lo and behold, Sidnor was not the same player. He only racked up two and a half tackles for loss and two sacks in 2023. And then you look at a teammate of his, Abdur Rahman Yassin, at wide receiver. He caught 25 passes for 329 receiving yards in 2023, but he only played in six games because of injury. So, my point here is this. Shane Beamer and this staff, they are not looking at guys that have, you know, not really played a whole lot at their current stop. They are looking at guys that have at least shown, whether it is for six games in Abdur's case, whether it's just for one season, or a couple of seasons at a lower level. They're looking for some kind of tangible evidence that you have been productive at some point in your career and that they can tap into that potential if you come to Columbia. Because I have seen over the past day or so, you know, there's not a whole lot of complaints right now. I think that a lot of people are happy with where this program is at, at least compared to what it was a week ago, because South Carolina, they're starting to get a lot of good news in terms of player retention. You know, a guy like Joshua Simon signs with Garner Trust yesterday, the official NIL collective for South Carolina, basically meaning that he's coming back for another season. Bam Martin Scott is coming back for another year. We've talked about the whole defensive line for the Gamecocks returning. But when looking at the transfer portal, some people have complained about the fact that they feel like that South Carolina is not being aggressive enough, that they kind of feel like that, you know, I guess they're a bit underwhelmed with the offers that have been sent out. And here's what I'll say about that. You have to understand a couple different things. One, South Carolina, again, talked about this before, won't really, you know, dive fully into this, but South Carolina, they're just not a top-flight program in college football. They're not one of the blue bloods of the sport, in essence. So, South Carolina is not one of those programs that can just go out there and get anybody that they want at any given position. There's a select group of programs that fit that criteria, that could do that if they really wanted to. South Carolina is not a part of that group. So, what does that mean? That means that South Carolina... You have to take, admittedly, some chances on some guys. But again, that's why I think what Shane Beamer and this staff are doing is smart because they're not going after guys that haven't put anything on tape so far in their college career. Think about Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager for the Atlanta Braves and how he operates. When Alex Anthopoulos goes and gets some new players for the Braves, does he always go after the biggest names, the most recognizable names maybe in the free agency market or guys that are the most recognizable players for other franchises. No, he doesn't. Alex Anthopoulos is one of the best general managers, if not the best general manager in all of Major League Baseball because he identifies guys that have flashed at a certain point in their career that he believes can get back to that level if they bring them in. Now, the difference is the Braves obviously have won a World Series title, in the past couple years, and they have been a perennial playoff contender in Major League Baseball for like the past six, five years or so. And South Carolina is not there right now. But I say that to say that it is not a bad thing to go after people that might be a little bit under the radar. And that's what South Carolina is doing. And the thing is, they're not just going after a couple of guys. They are casting a very wide net. They are looking all over the place, whether it is at the Power Four, guys in the group of five. And yes, 
a couple of players at the Ivy League or maybe at the FCS ranks. I think that Shapiro and the staff, the way that they are going about sort of their process with identifying guys out of the portal that could come here and make an impact for them, I think it's the right way to do it. So I think that it's a very smart strategy how Shane Beamer and the staff have been going about this because they're going after guys that are productive at lower levels or at least have starred at lower levels, I should say, and guys that have shown they can be productive at the Power 4 level. So I don't expect that trend to change at all with any more offers that they send out there, but with the 18 that they have put out there to this point, it's pretty obvious that that is what the staff is looking for when it comes to these portal players. Now, there are also some guys that are just flat-out no-brainers. You know, if it's a guy that you think you could possibly get, you go ahead and you take your shot. And we talked about K.J. Jefferson last week from Arkansas, the starting quarterback for the Razorbacks. He has not entered the portal still at this point, but, you know, we talked about how that could be a really good fit for the Gamecocks. There's another Arkansas star football player that has entered the portal and could be a guy that, who knows, could wind up in Columbia and Raheem Rocket Sanders. We'll talk about the chances of that potentially happening in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, I know that we all come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of real life, but I want to take a minute to talk about a real-life issue in terms of trying to prevent illness. Because according to the FDA, Pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Folks, that is really scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone in my family got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us, so you're going to want to be prepared. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers that make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Star Arkansas running back Raheem Rocket Sanders has officially entered the transfer portal, and there was certainly a reaction out of Gamecock Nation when that news broke on Tuesday night. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of South Carolina's chances to get Arkansas running back Raheem Rocket Sanders, I would say right now the Gamecocks are sitting at around a 5. There are definitely a few positives that are going the Gamecocks' way here. One, there's multiple coaches on South Carolina's staff that Rocket Sanders has a former relationship with. Obviously, you got Dow Loggins. Now, Dow Loggins, again, he was the tight ends coach while in Fayetteville in 2021 and 2022. So, sure, he never worked directly with Rocket Sanders, who, of course, played running back. But 
That does not mean that those two did not form some kind of bond. It does not mean that Rocket Sanders did not get any idea of what kind of person Dal Loggins is, what his sort of offensive philosophy is as a football coach. So that's one relationship that could help out South Carolina. Another relationship that I think would most definitely help the Gamecocks out would be wide receivers coach Justin Stepp because, get this, Justin Stepp was the primary recruiter for Arkansas, according to 24-7 Sports, when Rocket Sanders was a part of that 2021 recruiting class. So, you've got two assistants that know quite well what kind of player Raheem Rocket Sanders is, what kind of person that he is, and one that was a big reason why, apparently, he came to Arkansas in the first place. So that is certainly going to be a benefit for the Gamecocks if they decide to go after Rocket Sanders, and Rocket Sanders has mutual interest in them. Another thing is, Rocket Sanders will be familiar with this football program. He was recruited by South Carolina in the 2021 recruiting cycle, and obviously, he never wound up here, and that was the recruiting class that wound up finishing around 75th or 80th or wherever it ended up being at, because it was obviously right after Will Muschamp had gotten fired. Shane Beamer only had about a couple of weeks to throw together a recruiting class, and it was also in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, so there was a lot of restrictions in terms of visits at that time. So there was a lot of reasons why South Carolina probably never really had a chance to begin with in terms of Rocket Sanders' recruitment coming out of high school. But Rocket Sanders also faced South Carolina in 2022, and you might find that to be a bit weird that I'm bringing that up. And yes, I know that game did not go well for South Carolina, but, but there are times, especially nowadays with the transfer portal, where a player can take note of what kind of program you have when they face that program in a live game. We've already seen that actually on the men's basketball side with uh, Miles Studi coming from Vanderbilt to South Carolina, seeing sort of how Lamont Paris was operating over here at Columbia. And who knows, maybe Rocket Sanders could see the same thing with Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks based on the memories that he had from 2022. Trey Knox, he said it was a reason why he came here, because he recalled the fight that the team had, despite the fact that it was kind of obvious after about the first two and a half quarters or so that they weren't going to win the football game. So that is something to keep in mind here. And also, I brought up KJ Jefferson earlier, and again, Jefferson, as as of this moment, he has not entered the transfer portal. So, you cannot fully bank on this, but if Jefferson does go into the portal, it was reported last week by 24-7 Sports National College football writer Brad Crawford that the Gamecocks will be a frontrunner there. And Brad Crawford, I was in a Twitter space with him, I believe on Monday night, and as of that moment, his opinion had not waned on that. So, if Jefferson winds up in the portal, and it is true that South Carolina would be a top choice or the top choice for him, who knows? Rocket Sanders would have a chance to reunite potentially with a former teammate. But again, that would involve a couple of dominoes falling a certain way for that to take place. Now, admittedly, there is a reason why I do have my scale at a 5 in terms of the likelihood that Rocket Sanders could come to Columbia because there's also a couple of negatives that work against the Gamecocks here. The first one I'll throw out there because I know that a bunch of people are already going to say this in the comment section and everything are the O-line concerns. You can't ignore them. South Carolina was dead last in rushing yards per game in the SEC offensively in 2023. And a big reason for that was the offensive line. I mean, heck, you look at Mario Anderson Jr.'s rushing 
yard totals, it's actually amazing that he crossed 700 yards. He wasn't really the starter back there until week four against Mississippi State. And there was multiple games where, quite frankly, he just did not get a whole lot of help up front. And you have a lot of those guys probably coming back next year. Now, of course, I'm in the camp of, I think this offensive line is going to be better next year. First of all, it can't be a whole lot worse. Uh, you're going to have staff coaching continuity there with offensive line coach Lonnie Teasley being in his second year as the full-time offensive line coach, not just being an analyst stepping in from time to time. You're bringing in more talent with Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle, Blake Franks, and all those guys are a year older. The expectation should be that that group is going to be better, but it is fair to still list it as a concern heading into the 2024 season. Maybe that's something that plays in the mind of Rocket Sanders. Maybe he wants to go to a team where he knows at least the offensive line is not going to be a problem for him when he's out there on the field. And lastly, this isn't really a negative, but maybe more so, I guess, a question. What exactly is the coaching staff going to look like? Now, that does not relate to Dow Loggins and coach staff. I would say right now, and again, I haven't dove into coaching staff talk a whole lot on the podcast, but I would say that those two guys are safe. I mean, Dow Loggins, there's no reason for him to be worrying about his job. And then Coach Step, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be back for 2024 as well. But there are a couple coaches on this staff that uh, may or may not be gone this offseason. And who knows? Maybe that includes running back. Again, don't know that for certain. Obviously, if Shane Bieber plans on making a move, he's not made any sort of announcement regarding that yet. But maybe he does make a move. Now, you got to find a running back coach. That would be something that would probably maybe hurt you a little bit here. Because, again, if Rocket Sanders doesn't know who he's going to play for in that hypothetical scenario, then, you know, why would he go there? So, South Carolina, again, it's why I put this on a 5 from a scale of 1 to 10 right now. Because, again, the Gamecocks, they have the connections. And if Rocket Sanders cares about the connections that he has with the staff, then South Carolina will be a player here, in my opinion, 100%. But if he's worried about maybe contending for a title, South Carolina probably doesn't fit that criteria. If he wants to play in a proven, high-powered offense. Again, I think Dow Lockett's did a really good job considering what he had to work with in 2023. Would I consider it maybe high-powered? Probably not. So... Again, it all, at the end of the day, depends on what Rocket Sanders is looking for. But South Carolina fans, I know, even if it means, you know, you got to put some out of L money towards it. And also, the last thing we got to consider, what does that do to Mario Anderson Jr.'s psyche? You know, again, Mario Anderson Jr., he showed last year he does not mind being the bell cow. As a matter of fact, I think he loves being the bell cow in that offense. Um, does he co-sign the possibility of Rocket Sanders coming here if there's interest there, mutual interest? Or would he uh, feel like it's a bit of a snub and make it out like, you know, oh, okay, so I guess y'all don't think I'm good enough. You know, again, I'm not saying that's the way he would react, but you do have to consider that these days. You do have to consider those dynamics when it comes to a portal target like a Rocket Sanders who obviously isn't going somewhere to be a backup he was a first-team All-SEC selection after the 2022 season because he rushed over 1,400 rushing yards. He is not a backup. He's a superstar running back. So, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, nonetheless. I would definitely pay attention to Rocket Sanders' recruitment, and um, 
let's see where things go over the next coming days. Now, we've had a lot of talk about the transfer portal for South Carolina's football program so far on today's show, but there is a massive basketball game taking place later tonight for South Carolina's men's team as Lamont Paris and the Gamecocks are looking to knock off their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers. What are my thoughts on the matchup? I'll dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers on FanDuel can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. It's not Thursday yet, but... Why not talk about some Thursday night football action here as the New England Patriots are going on the road to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The money line for the Patriots is listed at plus 240. Never thought I'd see the day where there would be that kind of money line odd placed on a Bill Belichick-led team. And the money line for the Steelers is set at minus 295. I haven't watched much of the Patriots this year, but I think they've won two games. My advice... Put some money on the Steelers. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes minutes. Lamont Paris and South Carolina's men's basketball team have a great opportunity on Wednesday night and simultaneously they have a very tough task on their hands as they'll be taking on the number 24 ranked Clemson Tigers and what is their first true road game of the season. Both of these teams are coming into this game at 7-0 with undefeated records. I believe it's the first time in the series history that both of these teams are going into a game undefeated and they've played at least more than three games so at least four games or more I don't know why I said it like that but we're just going to move right on along there are a couple different things that I'm paying attention to with this basketball game because the stats say that both of these teams they're quite similar with how they play Clemson for example they shoot 25.3 three-pointers per game And they hit those shots at a pretty high clip, shooting 40.68% behind the arc. That is tied for the ninth best mark in the entire country. South Carolina, not very far behind them in either category. They attempt 23.4 three-pointers a game, and they are hitting those shots at a 40.24% clip, which is the 14th best mark in the country. Another thing to note about this game is both of these teams they don't cough up the basketball very easily for their opponents. The Tigers have only turned over the ball on average 9.9 times per game. That's the 30th best mark in all of men's college basketball. The Gamecocks, on the other hand, they only average 10.3 offensive turnovers per game, which is tied for 48th in the country. And that assist-to-turnover ratio, therefore, is also pretty good. The Tigers have an assist-to-turnover ratio of 1.77. That ranks 12th in the country. And the Gamecocks have an assist-to-turnover ratio of 1.47. That ranks 44th in the country. So, both of these teams, very smart in terms of how they take care of the basketball. Don't take too many risky chances. They both shoot the ball really well from behind the three-point line. Both undefeated. A lot of similarities between both of these teams. 
But for me, there are two main factors and really, for me, concerns that South Carolina fans are going to have to watch in this game. The first one that really jumps out to me is rebounding. South Carolina, they've been, again, very good across the board in the majority of these statistical categories. Offensively shooting the basketball, defensively, for the most part, keeping their opponents in check. But... If there's one area where South Carolina has really struggled to get anything going, it has been rebounds. The Gamecocks currently have no players that are averaging more than five rebounds per game. BJ Mack leads the team, and he averages exactly five rebounds per contest. And he plays the five spot for them, or at least he has all the way up to this point in the non-conference slate. Clemson, on the other hand, they've got a little bit more firepower in terms of guys that can just clean the glass in their front court. P.J. Hall, yes, he is still there. Feels like he's been there for 10 years now. He averages 7.6 rebounds per game. But he does not lead the team. And it's actually Ian Schieflin, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. He's been with Clemson for a year or two now. And I have to say, Ian, it seems like that he is really taking his game to another level because when the Gamecocks have played him before, quite frankly, I'm just going to be honest, he wasn't a whole lot of a threat on the floor. But now um, you have to look out for him, especially when you're trying to grab rebounds because Ian is averaging 9.4 rebounds per game. So you do the quick math, those two guys for Clemson alone average 17 rebounds per game. That's about half of the team total average for South Carolina through seven games so far this season. That greatly concerns me if I'm a Gamecock fan. And for that reason, I'll be very intrigued to see if Lamont Paris actually makes a starting lineup change in this game. Because to this point, it's been B.J. Mack at the 5, Stephen Clark at the 4. If I am Lamont Paris, I am considering, strongly considering, putting Josh Gray in that starting lineup. And look... Josh Gray, admittedly, not played a ton of minutes so far this season. I know he had an illness early on that he had to kind of bounce back from. Don't know if that's still kind of holding him back to this point in terms of his conditioning. But even if he does not start, Josh Gray has got to give you, at least in my opinion, a solid 20 to 24 minutes on Wednesday night. He has to. You've got to get something out of him. Because Josh Gray, he is your best chance to try and sort of thwart off Clemson's front court on the glass. Now, the second factor and real concern that I have for this game that I think Gamecock fans are going to have to watch for, it is the fact that it's the first true road game for South Carolina this season. That that greatly worries me, in all honesty. South Carolina, look, they have played in some really good environments so far. Obviously, uh, the Gamecocks, they've really been showing up in terms of the fan turnout over the past couple of home games. Uh, the game that they played against Virginia Tech in Charlotte was a really good environment, and I think, admittedly, had a lot more Virginia Tech fans, maybe than Carolina fans, or at least, you know, it was kind of 60-40. And then they went out to Arizona playing Grand Canyon. They had a good fan turnout, so that kind of felt like a road game. So it's not like it's their first time playing in front of, you know, a bunch of fans that where the majority of them are opposing fans. But it's their first true road game, the majority of that arena is going to be obviously filled with Clemson fans. Little John Coliseum. And you throw in the fact that it is a rivalry game. And Lamont Paris, look, I listened to his press conference on Tuesday, and I fully respect his mentality with this game, treating it like any other game. I don't have an issue with that. But he can say that until he's blue in the face. 
it is hard to keep that out of your mind, mentally speaking, when you're heading into a matchup like this. And South Carolina, look, you know, they don't have a ton of guys on that squad or on the roster that maybe truly understand how this rivalry runs. You got a guy like Taylon Cooper that's from the state of South Carolina, so he gets it. Um, Michi Johnson was a part of the game last year. Josh Gray, a couple other guys. Jacoby Wright from the state of South Carolina. Those guys get it. Those are the guys that you kind of hope will lead the charge in terms of, you know, making sure everybody else, listen, don't stress yourself out over it, but just understand, like, this game's going to be different from all the other ones you've played to this point. And it will be different from all the games you've probably played throughout the rest of this season. And Clemson's looking for payback because they lost last year by two points. So, I'm not going to give a score prediction because I think it's much easier to do it for a football game than it is for a basketball game. So, I'm not going to do it here. I will just say this. If you ask me what I think is going to happen, I honestly think it's going to be a close loss for South Carolina. I don't think it's going to be a blow up by any means. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think you're going to see a bunch of back and forth affairs in this contest. I think you're going to see, again, basketball is a game of runs, people like to say. I think that's what's going to happen in this contest. But I think that Clemson, with what they've got in the front court, and again, the environment that South Carolina's going to be playing in front of, first true road game of the season, you have to take that into account when you think about how this game is going to play out. If South Carolina wins this game, it will be a quad one win on the road. Your turn resume is immediately bolstered. Right now, they're on the bubble, according to ESPN's bracketologist and Joe Lenardi. You win a game like this, you're sending a message to the rest of men's college basketball that you've arrived. Lamont Paris, you won a game at Kentucky in Rupp Arena last year. You took the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide at the time down to the wire in the Colonial Life Arena last year as well. And you've done really good so far this year. Some respectable wins against respectable programs. If you beat a ranked Clemson team in Little John Coliseum on Wednesday night to go to 8 0, the Gamecocks will start to be in the thick of the conversation for the NCAA tournament. That is crazy to say. I did not expect to say that myself coming into this season, but here we are. A great opportunity for Lamont Paris and this Gamecock men's basketball team. So, we'll see how all that plays out on Wednesday night. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on South Carolina's portal strategy in terms of the guys that they are offering? Do you feel like they're not being aggressive enough, or do you think that maybe they're going about the right way? What are your thoughts on Raheem Rocket Sanders, the Arkansas star running back, entering the transfer portal? How much of a chance do you give South Carolina to land him? And lastly... What are your thoughts on this big-time matchup between the Gamecocks and the Tigers on the hardwood that's going to take place later tonight? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a direct message on X at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. And as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.